Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Well, it's Wednesday, and Wednesday is a good day. It's the middle of the week, and for me, it's even closer to the end of the week than just being the middle of the week, which is kind of cool. Every time I wake up, I think about just the, the enormous amount of misinformation, and I'm talking about real misinformation, that we have laid upon young people in this country. And you know, the idea that the uh, media has this narrative when it comes to these mass shootings, and immediately the identity of the shooter and the victims, and then, you know, they 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 make an explanation for the shooting and you know is it a white shooter with black victims it's then it's systemic racism if it's a black shooter with white victims it's alienation caused by systemic racism if it's a muslim shooter with gay victims it's christian homophobia it's just crazy so they really were thrown into a total tizzy on monday when a self-identifying 28-year-old trans man who's actually a biological female shot up the Covenant School in Nashville, killing three children and three adults, leaving behind a manifesto, which police said reeked of resentment. And so here's here's my problem, here's the dilemma, and I think it's the dilemma for all of us. There's a profound sadness for the loss of life. And then there's an anger for the inability to explain how Um, we have allowed people to believe that they're victims. You know, the idea that I had to listen to all last night and and actually early this morning on various, uh, you know, I look online, I don't watch television, so I see the, you know, the sound bites from the various shows and I check them out. And all I heard was how terribly horrible um, the world in, in particular America, is to trans people. And so if they lose control and they kill small children at Christian schools, I have to be understanding about that. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I have I lack understanding about that, all right? I, I can't find it in my heart to be even remotely understanding of that. You know, this is a hate crime. And believe me, if it were one of the more simplistic group versus groups, identity group versus identity group, we'd be calling it a hate crime. But because Christians, you know, yeah, it's not that they hate us. Yeah, it's that they hate us. And when you spend all the time that was spent in the last couple of months screaming about how any state that would put a law in place that would protect a child 
from having radical surgeries or hormonal therapies done on them prior to even puberty sometimes, if you have a law like that in your state, then you hate trans people and you're driving trans people to murder children. Like, do you buy that? Because I don't. The, the, the idea, you should see what they did yesterday to the people at the Daily Wire. You know, the Daily Wire moved from L.A. to Nashville. That's Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh, you know, the guys who are on the, this station in the afternoon. Not Matt Walsh, Matt Knowles. Michael Knowles, huh, whatever his name, Michael Knowles. And, of course, Matt Walsh. Walsh does have a blog at the Daily Wire as well. So this is what they, they said. This is NBC, and some guy named Benjamin Ryan tweeted yesterday, NBC has ID'd the Nashville school shooter. Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. Newsweek tweeted a story titled, Tennessee Republicans' ban on drag shows criticized after mass shooting. ABC uh, Terry Moran, Moran, or Moran, 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 really, stated that the shooter identified herself as a transgender person. The state of Tennessee earlier this month passed, and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors. So to the left, that makes sense. That if you're a member of a victimized group, you can't be the victimizer. In other words, there has to be another victimizer who has victimized you, turning you back into a victim. So the, the problem is, if you want to prevent this kind of stuff from happening by these lunatics, these morons, unhinged lunatics, then maybe we ought to uh, uh, start talking about things in, other than within the framework of victimhood. Maybe we ought to actually consider that it is dangerous to promote the idea that we ought to celebrate mental illness and that somehow it's a political groundbreaking idea if you uh, applaud for people who look down at their biological reality and decide that it is no longer reality and they can just uh, you know change it at any time they want to. And the fact that so many of them then have suicide, uh, suicidal ideation, it's not because they're mentally ill, you understand. It's because of us. It's because of people like us who, who really think it's like wrong and that they shouldn't be doing this to little children. Now, if you're an adult and you decide you're transgendered, knock yourself out. You know, then, then it's up to you. And, and if it doesn't work out for you, well, then you have no one to blame but yourself. But how would we as a society allow our children to undergo radical surgeries and hormone therapies and all the rest of it. And then tell them after they've had all those things, which is supposed to make them feel better, but, but it's still going to be really rough because people don't like you. The highest group at risk for becoming violent and becoming radicalized are trans-identifying people. Yeah, yeah. And that's not just you know, some sort of talking point. I saw Andy No last night really describing how when he studied Antifa, which he's been doing for years, been assaulted by Antifa, he's made a deep dive into the world of Antifa, been at all of these protests, and he says, 
there's a disproportionately number of trans or so-called trans people who identify as violent radicals. What do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Because if you're teaching people who identify as transgendered that their suffering is actually caused by my faith, Christianity, or Orthodox Jews, or the fact that we're a misogynistic, patriarchal world, well, then no wonder that they, you know, if they think they're about to be uh, murdered for their disorders, whatever you want to call them, well, then they're allowed to be violent. You know, that's what I'm being told. And everybody in the media supports that. In other words, if you say something that's so simple and so obvious as, hmm, men cannot be women, women cannot be men, men cannot get pregnant, believing you are born in the wrong body is actually a medical diagnosis. It's a mental disorder, not a weapon to be used in tearing down society. The fact that there are high rates of depression, high rates of suicide among the people who identify as transgender, it's not because society doesn't tolerate them. Society bends over backwards tolerating the disorder. But, but this is the new civil rights crusade that, that the left has built. And all it is is a, a thumbing of the nose, a middle finger at tradition, at normalcy. A woman shot to death six people, including three kids, in cold blood. She's not the victim. And they're doing everything within their power to maintain that victim of society label for her. We must respect his pronouns, even as we report his murders. We have to blame the people who cause all the pain in the world, Republicans, conservatives, Christians, because they don't agree with, with the legacy uh, media. They know everything. They, know, they have all the sense and all. The, the, the biology doesn't matter to them. The only time they want you to follow the science is when it works for them. You know, Ben Shapiro had a great piece. Uh, you know, I've used some of his piece today because he knows what he's talking about. This is, this is what we have done to a generation. And we're just starting to see the fruits, Right. It's going to get worse because now it's like, it's like trendy and faddish. You know, ooh, I'm non-binary. I'm, I'm transgendered. I'm one of the many, uh, you know, uh, varieties of gender that's really out there. Gender is a social construct. No, it's not. What happened to following the science? The science is very clear. There are X and Y chromosomes. And depending how they're configured in you, you're a male or a female. End of story. It's not negotiable. It's not... Uh, uh, it's scientific, but they don't care about the science when it doesn't play into their narrative. And it's so frustrating for people like me who get accused all the time, oh, well, you're, you're anti-science. You don't, you don't like the vaccines. Oh, you're anti-science. You're a climate change denier. Well, let me tell you why I don't like the vaccines because I haven't been able to get my immune system back on track since I took those vaccines. And I'm not the only one. There's an entire new subset of medical doctors and Ayurvedic healers and 
uh, chiropractors and, and everybody under the sun trying to detox people from those vaccines because their immune systems have gone haywire. And it's scientific, my friends, why their immune systems have gone haywire. mRNA was never as simplistic as they like to make us believe. And our bodies are now replicating, our cells are now replicating viruses. And we're unable to combat anything, even a common cold. How long have I been fighting a common cold? It goes away, it comes back, it goes away, it comes back. I never had a vulnerable immune system before, ever. But, oh, I'm anti-science if I dare bring the question to light. No, I'm not. I'm actually pro-science. I wish we did more science about the vaccine. And when it comes to climate, let me tell you, yeah, I'm about to go out to California. And in California, they've had some massive uh, weather anomalies, let's put it that way, including some storms that they never expected in Northern California and including some vast amounts of rain in Southern California. You know what that rain did for California, which was drought stricken? It relieved and alleviated the drought conditions. Uh-oh, don't say that. That's not science. Yeah, it is. And that's why, let me tell you something. If we don't start standing up to these terrorists, and that's what they are, these trans activists are terrorists. They're trying to convince you that they're right and you're wrong and that they'll take your children away from you if you dare to protect your children. We got to push back. This is what you end up with. You end up with these, these mentally deranged individuals who have been allowed to uh, transition or whatever it is that, that uh, Audrey did you know, Aiden, whatever. And then they end up in such a fury and so resentful and so angry that they would kill innocent children and, and three innocent adults. And, and then where's the manifesto? You know, we saw body cam footage within five minutes. And then yesterday we saw more body cam footage. But we can't see the manifesto. Why do you think that is? Why can't we see the writings? Well, perhaps because they might reveal how screwed up this human being was and how basically the level of screwed up is directly proportional to the amount of BS that she was fed in schools, on television, in the movies, in the media, in the print, and on the internet. And, and we, better, we better wake up before it's too late. It may be too late. I don't know. But I'm starting to feel like it may be too late. Anyway, don't forget to download our app, the 850 WFTL app. That way you can participate in all of our contests. But if you don't want to do the app, some people are reluctant to do apps, then just go to the website, 850WFTL.com, and you can enter to win a $50 DoorDash gift card so you can get... Uh, freaky and saucy with uh, fried chicken tenders from Tender Shack. So that's just one of the many contests that you'll be able to participate in. And of course, you can get all the news and listen to all the podcasts, including the No Restraint podcast. Let me take a quick break. And at 1230, I'll be talking with Blaze and Golio, but let me take a break. I'll be back in just a moment.
If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. That's why when I, I see that there were actually Republicans who voted no on this parental rights bill, I get sick. You know, it, it makes me ill because, you know, this is not something that's, that, that should be controversial. All it does is give a voice to parents about their children's education. How is that controversial? But they barely were able to squeak out a victory. I think it was a 213 to 208 vote. And predictably, the Democrats did what the teachers union told them to do, and they opposed the bill unanimously. And they, they walk in lockstep. But five Republicans voted against it, particularly considering that it was integral to the commitment to America, which, by the way, is what Kevin McCarthy and these guys ran on. Remember? No, you don't remember because we don't take them seriously. That's why. Some of the names are familiar. You know, it's Andy Biggs and Ken Buck and Matt Gates and um, Mike Lawler and Matt Rosendale. Biggs, you, you know, he challenged Kevin McCarthy in January for the speakership with the support of Gates and Rosendale. And, and basically, they took this routine vote into a week-long circus. The reason for voting against H.R. 5 were not as crazy as those offered by the Democrats, at least one of whom, one of the Democrats suggested that the bill was fascist, AOC. Their objection to the bill is that it undermines federalism. Okay, so they decided to weigh in on they on this parental bill of rights. Let me let me just say this, okay. And even if that's a, a principled position and it's only superficially principled, there's not a single congressman who voted against this that knows full well that federalism, as it relates to public education, was euthanized when President Jimmy Carter signed the Department of Education Organization Act back in 1979. So refusing to vote for the Parents' Bill of Rights certainly is never going to resurrect it now, 40 years later. And not only that, but if those Republicans, if a few more had voted with those five, then they would have lost the moral authority to argue on behalf of people like me who are frustrated. We want more parental control over these rogue school boards and these intransigent teachers unions, all right? And how would this bill do that? Well, uh, Julie Letlow, who was the main sponsor, she's a Republican out of Louisiana, said it this way. 
She said this bill aims to bring more transparency and accountability to education, allowing parents to be informed and when they have questions and concerns, to lawfully bring them to their local school boards. It codifies five basic parental rights, the right to know what their children are being taught, the right to be heard, the right to see the school budget and how they spend the money, the right to protect their child's privacy, and the right to be updated on any violent activity at school. Now, Randy Weingarten, the American Federation of Teachers honcho, is no fan of this bill. I'm telling you, th this should have been a no-brainer for the GOP, but sometimes these guys just, they forget that, that they need to do what we want them to do. This is not about them. Gates knows that shutting down the Department of Education is virtually impossible, even if they had the Senate and the White House. Or, or has he already forgotten that they couldn't even repeal Obamacare when they had all three? And apparently Andy Biggs also has amnesia. He thinks that it lends legitimacy to the Department of Education. And that's why I've sponsored and co-sponsored bills to get us out of the Department of Education. I don't mind people who tilt at windmills. I tilt at windmills. But the fight has to reflect the values of my community. They're on the wrong side of this issue. They're on the wrong side of history. How about that? A new study that just came out of the Manhattan Institute says that indoctrination in critical justice theory is pervasive throughout the public school system. Parents know it and they're still getting the mushroom treatment from school boards to just keep you in the dark and keep feeding you BS. And that crosses party lines. And voters are gonna gravitate to leaders who do something about it. They don't want bromides about federalism. They wanna save their kids. There's a real opportunity here for the, uh, the grand old party if the cynical opportunities and opportunists really will step up. I mean, you know, here I open up with a monologue about how I believe that we're to blame for allowing this Audrey person to declare herself another gender and then to be basically led down this primrose path of victimhood and being told, oh, nobody likes you and you're going to have a tough time and everything is horrible and nobody believes you and all this other stuff, so that she was so angry and so frustrated and so mentally deranged that she literally purchased seven weapons. I have a problem with that. And I'm pro-Second Amendment. But how does somebody who's under treatment for emotional and mental illness not get reported to the authorities for weapons? You know, her parents said, well, they sold, the, she sold the one gun that we knew she had. Hey, seven guns? Where do you live that you didn't notice that she had seven weapons? She lived in her, their house. So there's a lot of people who really have to look in the mirror and say, what did we do wrong? This is not about hating trans people. This is about mental illness that we encourage and that we've allowed schools to teach. And we let the media tell us that there's something wrong with us if we object to the teaching of these things. You gotta push back. I'm, I'm just tired 
I'm tired of reporting about this stuff and then trying to be made to feel guilty because I feel this way. You know, adults have a right to do all kinds of things, but children must be protected at all costs. And a parental rights bill would have given parents another tool to protect their children. So Republicans voting against it should be ashamed of themselves. And I like Andy Biggs and I like Matt Gates, but these guys, enough already. You're not going to shut down the Department of Education. It's not going to happen. So give parents some tools, all right? You know, give us grandparents some tools to fight back. Because otherwise, guess what? We become the victims. And look at what happens when you victimize enough people. Somebody rises up, some crazy person rises up and fights. Anyway, let me take a break. When we come back, I'll be talking with Blaze Angolia, the state senator, and we'll talk about uh, some sex trafficking uh, legislation and what, the, what they've been up to up there in Tallahassee. It's been a very busy session, so stay right where you are. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So we're waiting. Senator Angolia may be in session, so we're waiting for him to call in. I'm just going to continue talking until he, he does call in. But I have to tell you, uh, the more I look at these stories, and particularly the way the media has been spinning this, you know, uh, this horrific crime, and that's what it was, um, the more I'm convinced that we need to do more. You know, and, and I'm not afraid to, uh, to be bold about this, because there's entire generations that are getting lost in this madness that think it's okay to be participating in, you know, this lie. And that's what it is. You know, I'll never forget, my gosh, now I guess it was about three years ago when I first became aware through the book that, um, that Abigail Schreier wrote. And the only reason I was even made aware of this book was that she had written an editorial in the Wall Street Journal. And at the bottom of the page, it was a deep... A, a brilliant article, and at the bottom of the page, it said that she had graduated from Yale Law School the same year that my son did. And I thought, you know, maybe on the off chance, I would ask Derek if he knew her. And he did know her. And that began my journey in this. We've got Senator Blaise Angolia on the line. He is up there in Tallahassee doing what senators do, which is uh, you know, crafting bills and trying to get bills passed and signed by the governor. And uh, Senator, I'm really interested in this bill about human trafficking because that's a subject that really we need to address head on. Yeah, and hey, Joyce, how are you doing? Thank Good. you for having yeah. me on again. Yeah, we filed a human trafficking bill in consultation with uh, Attorney General Moody 
to really take on what happens to human trafficking victims after they reach the, the age of 18. And we found a very big loophole in the law. So if you are a victim of human trafficking um, and you are rescued, you can go into a group home um, and they're designed to, you know, help give you services, counseling, uh, deal with the grief, the pain, the anguish of all of that. Um, and those facilities are actually there's regulations by the state of Florida to set minimum standards and they have to be licensed. But once you reach 18 and you transition into an adult group home, there is zero regulations. There are no regulations whatsoever. There's no what? licensure. What? So theoretically, you could have um, a group of um, sex traffickers open up a group home under the guise of an adult group home to help human traffickers only to re-victimize them again. Mm-hmm. So our piece of legislation puts guardrails uh, on that, sets minimum standards, and sets a permitting process where these people can get licensed because we're trying to protect the victims who've now reached the age of 18 so they don't get re-victimized again. Uh, I mean, it's a nightmare. And and to know that it goes on in this country so much, um, you know, I think about every time there's a Super Bowl or March Madness, I have to hear about all of the sex trafficking that goes on around those uh, sporting events. And I think to myself, this is 2023. We don't protect the victims? Yeah, it's and and look, we know that uh, a big part of this is because of our open southern border and the drug cartels are controlling a lot of this. So while we're still and this is just another in a long line of ways that the open border policies of this administration are creating public policy issues for us in the state. And, you know, when we say that every state under uh, Joe Biden is now a border state, this is what we mean. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question about it. And, you know, a lot of the churches in Florida, you know, including the one I um, am at, um, we try to deal with the sex trafficking issue all the time and provide, you know, housing and things of that nature. But you're absolutely right. Once these kids who are trafficked turn into adults, they're basically, you know, out there on their own trying to figure out how to navigate sometimes in a country where they were never born and in in places right. where it's accepted to have open sex trafficking on the on the you know the streets of Miami i mean sometimes it's stunning to me that we are so you know that this state of all states where we have a great governor and our legislature is in the right hands and we still haven't been able to successfully address this issue yeah it's it, to your point uh, Joyce, it's sort of like whack-a-mole. Every time we identify a problem and we try to fix the problem, another problem just rears its ugly head. But we're going to have to cut this thing off at the source at some point. We're going to have to uh, make sure we're closing the border, but we're also going to have to go, eventually, we're going to have to hit some of the uh, purveyors, some of the johns that are actually the buyers of some of this stuff. Until we start um, doing that, my fear, until we start doing those two things, my fear is we're still going to have um, these uh, these people are going to get caught in, in human trafficking and sex trafficking. I just can't believe, I find it hard to believe that um, people think so little of the human life 
that they would do that to somebody. I, yeah. I just can't wrap my head around it, Joyce. Right, any more than you can wrap your head around someone, you know, walking into a school and murdering three nine-year-olds, you know, and, and three adults. But a lot of this has much to do with what I call the culture war, which, thank God, your legislature and my governor is not afraid to address. You know, all this normalization of this trans activist community has led us to a point where we're not even allowed to ask questions anymore. We're just supposed to accept everything, and then we end up with this kind of violence. Yeah, and, you know, uh, we always say, you know, uh, people who taking other people's life in school shootings, um, they obviously have some mental issues, right? They ha- they're going through a mental health crisis. Right? Then when you see somebody who is um, a transgender doing it, and the... Uh, this really boggles my mind, um, how you have the national media Ugh. is not so worried about that the person is transgender and they have uh, psychological issues. They're more worried about misgendering them, as I'm sure you saw that CNN did, um, worried about uh, calling uh, the person by the correct pronouns rather than the fact that they went and killed kids. So they're blaming it on the gun, as they always do, because that's just standard fare for the liberal media and the talking points for the Democrat Party. And now we're more worried about misgendering someone rather than the fact that the person has such deep psychological issues that um, they walked into a school and killed kids. This, to your point, a lot of the priorities for people are just they're stuck in reverse. And thank God that we have people in the state of Florida that are standing up to this nonsense. Yeah, because, you know, I'm a big Second Amendment fanatic, um, and I call it that because you have to be to push back against the, the overwhelming number of leftists who constantly bang the drum. And, you know, I tried to tell someone last night who was telling me, well, but if, you know, if she wasn't able to get the guns, well, see, technically she shouldn't have been able to get the guns because she was under psychiatric care. But nonetheless, a rock in bad hands killed Abel, but a rock in good hands killed Goliath. It's not about the rock, you know. That's right, but you can't tell Democrats that. No. You can't tell the liberal media that. You certainly can't tell leftists that. Um, And there's a – and look – you know, on cue, uh, Joe Biden goes on TV and, and recalls for an assault weapon ban. Um, I'm still waiting for the left to define what an assault weapon is because we know it doesn't exist. Um, so it's the same old, same old. You know, if we ever got serious about mental health and social media um, um, given to kids at 12, 13 years old and you know, who are looking for that dopamine hit. Um, um, you know, if we solve that problem, we'll probably solve a lot of these problems. But at the end of the day, to your point, it's not the gun's fault. No, exactly. And we and we have to be, you know, I was saying to my audience in my opening monologue, we have to be, you know, proactive about these things. You know, I, the reason that they voted on a parental bill of rights up in Washington was because this is a no-brainer. Parents should have some control over what their kids are being taught. I mean, here in the state of Florida, you know, let, let me make a perfect example of this. Um, our governor is concerned about the safety of children. He's really not concerned about every victimized group or so-called marginalized group's feelings. 
you know, cutting off body parts on young children doesn't make sense. I don't care what the left no. tells me. And yet, you know, we have to be able as a, as a community, as, as a city, county, state, to push back with facts. You know, the, the same people who tell me, you know, I'm a science denier because I don't believe in global warming don't understand the science of biology. Like, I was born a woman. I'm going to be a woman until I die. <laughs> That's just Isn't reality. Isn't it amazing, the hypocrisy of the left, yeah. especially when it comes to definitions? Right, right. But at least you guys are pushing back. Like, um, you know, let me ask you, is there any other... Uh, you guys have had a busy session. H how's it going? Good. Um, we're continuing to uh, be very, very aggressive with this legislative session. Um, last week, we just uh, voted off of the Senate floor, and the governor signed us into the bill, the largest uh, school choice bill ever in the United States. Um, previously, I think it was Arizona because they were the largest state that do, but now we're to give a universal school choice to everyone because we don't believe your future, um, and especially your schooling, should be decided by your zip code. Um, so that's a great thing. The governor also signed uh, a big tort reform package. Um, um, so, uh, because we know that the state of Florida is extremely litigious and businesses and people, um, their, uh, their premiums are going through the roof. So, um, we passed that this week, we are going to be passing uh, death penalty reform. And we actually have that. I have that on the floor today and we're going to be voting on paycheck protection, making sure that, uh, government unions, uh, incorporate more voices into their unions, not just the, you know, the leftists who want to control everything and also stop government from collecting and extending their union dues because it's not government's role to be a payroll processing company for the union. So right. those are two other pieces of the largest uh, uh, piece of the legislation that will be voted off of the Senate for this week. All right. And my listeners wanted me to remind you, they sent me a lot of emails after our last discussion. Do not forget all of the fixed income seniors who are terrified about these insurance, these looming insurance uh, doubling and tripling in, in these associations, and that they, you know, a lot of people are going to be um, put into very perilous positions. And we know the legislature is a prize, has knows about it. We're just waiting to see what you do about it. We did it. We actually, so to, to your point, we uh, did two things over the past couple of years, and one in December, we got called into a special session under the governor's leadership, and we delivered structural property insurance reform. The problem is, is that we've had way too many people blocking that reform for years. We finally get it. We finally got it done. But I want everyone to just be um, uh, cautious and um, because the, we just signed this bill in December. It is probably going to take about a year or so on the low end, or most likely about a year and a half, until you start seeing your premiums drop. So we did it. It's taken. It, it's starting to take effect. I just want everyone to be patient because we did deliver property insurance reform. Your premiums will come down. Um, it's just going to take a little while. Yeah. Well, we'll hold on. And, and, and thank you for at least addressing that issue, not being afraid of that issue. There's a couple of uh, guys up there in Tallahassee who don't want to talk to me anymore, but you're not one of them. So I appreciate no, it. Senator Blazingolia, always a pleasure. Talk to you in two weeks. You got to take care. Bye. All right. Take care. All right. That's, uh, you know, I, I, one of the good guys. I told somebody yesterday, I had a meeting with somebody and I said to them, they said to me, well, who do you think 
could be the governor after Ron DeSantis. And uh, you know, I said my 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 pick is is uh, Blazing Goldie, the state senator. And the person said, you know, I've heard that before. From my mouth to God's ears. Anyway, let me remind you, Dan Bongino comes at 1 o'clock, Ben Shapiro at 4 o'clock, and then the WPTV News at 6 o'clock, and Jen and Bill will be back in the morning with all of that South Florida morning show. And I have one segment left today. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. So, of course, uh, the Broward School Board has just rejected an abstinence-based sex education plan. And, you know, I have had this debate for years with people who say they're going to have sex. We might as well um, keep them safe. And then I look at the disaster of these generations that have followed me, you know, and I think to myself, does anybody out there really ever care about the science? Because the science tells us that it's very risky for young people to engage in premarital sex. It just is. It's risky in terms of disease. It's risky in terms of forming relationships before they're ready or able to make good choices. You know, I go into the jails, and I, I can't tell you, because I only get to visit with women. I've actually only visited, I, I think, one male in all the time because they were confused and thought he was a transgender, but... Uh, I visit women, and what I find is that most of the women, no matter what their ages are, have been victimized by men, and they then become criminals, you know, whether they're led into a life of crime or um, they're so traumatized that they, you know, they can't think anymore, and I look at that, and, and I say to myself, half of them just got in relationships far too young. And, you know, what happens to women, because, see, we're different, you know, and this is for you guys, so you understand when you're dealing with your daughters and sons, right? When a woman engages in a sexual relationship with a man, something gets released in us that makes us want a house and a picket fence and, you know, and nesting and babies and all the rest of it. That does not happen to the male of the species, the male of the species basically rolls over and starts snoring, okay? But for the woman, a whole, um, I think it's almost metabolic change happens and it makes them subservient in a way that you just don't want your young daughters to be. So I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk about those things. So when you talk about having an abstinence-based sex ed program, why shouldn't that be an option? Why would we, you know, roll our eyes and say, oh, no, um, you know, you, you, you don't want to act so backwards or so, uh, you know, old-fashioned. Maybe we should do a little more old-fashioned because the new fashion's not working very well, as evidenced by what we saw in Tennessee, as evidenced by what we see on the streets of my hometown of New York, on the streets of Chicago, LA, Detroit, there's a generation that lacks empathy, lacks compassion, and can't form healthy relationships. When I was growing up, you wanted to get married. You know, now 
I have conversation with young people all the time, and they say, well, maybe somewhere down the line, we'll get married. And for them, it's not a priority. <coughs> and, and that's not good for society. It's really not. Not that I think everybody should be married. I think some people shouldn't be married. But I don't think that pretending that having a nuclear family in which to raise children isn't optimal. It just is. I was a single mom, and I say this all the time. I did the best job I possibly could. I tried in every way to uh, provide male role models for my son and my daughter because girls need male role models and boys need female role models just like the other genders. And I tried to do that, but it's so much harder than when there's a mother and a father in a home. You know, and, and to pretend otherwise is really just lying. We've lied to generation after generation. We say, it doesn't matter, don't worry. You know, that's just a piece of paper. No, a commitment is something different than just a piece of paper. A covenant that a man makes with a woman in front of the God of their understanding is more valuable for the nuclear family than anything else. You can be poor, but if you have a two-parent household, your children will do better. And you can be rich, and you don't have a two-parent household, or you have a dysfunctional parental household, and nothing is going to save those children. And that's why I say, you know, we got to stop being afraid to have these conversations. We got to stop, you know, worrying that somebody will think I'm backwards or somebody will think I'm a religious fanatic or somebody will think I'm bigoted or prejudiced or whatever. You know, they think that anyway. <laughs> it's not true. So I'm, I'm not going to play anymore about these things. I'm going to talk about them. You know, if you don't like it, that's okay. You know, you don't have to like it. But you have to think about it. At least when we raise these subjects and we have these debates, if we let conservatives speak on college campuses, if we uh, allow our children to hear conservative values and traditions and take them to church and do all those things that really kept society from imploding for generations, I think we'd be in better condition, better shape, much better. And instead, you know, we sit around going, well, I don't want to say that because I don't want to offend the... Uh, uh, the LGBTQ plus community. They don't care if they offend me, you know, not at all. You know, the trans activists don't care when they're defending the use of pronouns while three babies are lying dead. You know, they don't care about my feelings. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about right. They don't care about wrong. They don't, they don't call evil, evil. So I'm just going to tell my truth, you know, it's time. It's time to address these issues and not be intimidated about it. Because look at what happened when we, when we backed away, when we refused to stand up for the things that are right, when we refused to call evil evil. It flourishes. It takes decent people to offset evil. And if you stay silent, then guess what? You're a contributor. So, you know, Fasten your, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be uh, 18 months of me just hammering a lot of these uh, culture issues because we're in bad shape. We got to fix this. I don't want to lose another generation. I don't want to see more instances of these 
insane ideas running rampant through our communities and through our children. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. I thank you for listening. I ask you to, to pray for the families in Mississippi, the families in Tennessee, and most of all, pray for the United States of America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.